Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we go into the Word of God today and study and learn more about humility. And we began our studies uh, a week or so ago, and we're going to continue this week. And before we do that, I want to just give you a couple of ways of reaching us. First, you can mail us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. That's PastorEric523 at gmail.com. I just would also want to add that there are, uh, we have many, there are many teachings out there. I think there are close to 200 now. And many on various subjects where if you so desire uh, a past the gamut of uh of uh, the subjects in the Bible, and I believe things that would be a blessing to you. And if they are a blessing to you, I hope that you would tell someone else about it, because I believe that we need the teachings of grace. And the that's the basis of what my leading was and my, um, my, my charge was by the Holy Spirit was to teach grace. And we know that grace not only is God unmerited, unearned favor, but grace is Jesus Christ. For scripture says that uh, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. And what Jesus came to do, he was, he came to show God another facet of God to us. For Moses, when Moses came, he showed us the law. He showed us the do's and the don'ts. And what the law did was it exposed us to sin. So basically you could say Moses came to expose sin, but what Jesus came to do he came to show us God. Colossians says, I believe in Colossians 3, he said he is the image of God. He is the snapshot. He's the selfie of God. If God would take a snapshot, <laughs> that snapshot would be Jesus. Because uh, he wanted us, he wants us to have relationship with him. Not just to be people who attend church on Sunday. You know, we check that box out. I went to church on Sunday. I uh, attended uh, Bible study on, online or I went to Bible study or I went to uh, one of the uh, home services or one of, with my group. And so I can check my box that I'm good. But I believe that what, yes, home groups and cell groups are good. Bible studies are good. Uh, the Lord uh, implores us that, that we fail not to assemble ourselves together. But and all of that, that's food and fuel for us so that we can, in our own time, in our own reading, in our own meditation, in our own prayers, that we, that God wants us to know that he wants to have relationship. That's God's desire for his children. Every father wants to have relationship with their sons and daughters and uh, be able to, that, that that son and daughter can relate to them. That's what relationship is. It means that you can relate. And that's what God wants us to do. We can relate with God through his spirit. And he gives us his spirit when we come to know our Lord and Savior and his son, Jesus Christ. So today, again, we're going to continue our teaching on humility. And as we do, we're going to talk about a character in the Bible that's not talked about much. And that's what I'll do uh, over these next two lessons, I believe, is uh, today we're going to talk about Abigail and David. And uh, I, I'm doing this on purpose, saying Abigail first, because she was one of the wives of David. But she had a, 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 a place or she had a plan. God used her to help David to continue on his march toward the kingdom. And when I say march, I'm saying that David knew that God had anointed him king. We all know the story how that 
uh, when the prophet Samuel came and he asked Jesse, uh, bring all your sons before me. And he brought his seven sons and not the spirit did not speak to Samuel one time to say, okay, this is the one, this is the man. And yet Samuel knew that God had told him anoint that the king was at it within Sable us uh, in Jesse's house and that he was one of his sons. But it wasn't the tallest one. It wasn't the strongest one. It wasn't the most handsome one. It was none of those. And finally, Samuel said, do you have another? See, yeah, I got one. He had in the field keeping sheep. And Samuel said, we will not sit down till he comes back. And when the uh, a harp playing, singing, poet writing, David came, the spirit said, this is the man. This is the one. He is, he is king. And David was anointed king right around 16, 17 years old. And so now I'm going to pick up and we're going to, uh, we'll stay around. This, we're going to stay in first Samuel, uh, 25, 30, 20, chapter 25. And we're just going to read again about Abigail and, da and David. And we're going to read how God used, uh, Abigail through an acts of humility. And I believe humility again is is the brother or is one of the power twins of uh, of love, because faith works by love. God is love, and I believe that humility. It says that that's what Jesus learned through the things that he suffered. He he humbled himself, and as we said earlier, this is what God wants the church wants the position for us to be in that we come as humble people. And what Jesus said, unless you come as a little child, you shall no in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. What was he saying? He's saying, come humble with a learning heart, with a humble heart, willing to receive. Not with the phrase that has got me in trouble a few times saying, I got this. For the moment you feel as though you got it, that you have everything under control. I know all I need to know. I got this under control. I got this handle. That's when everything breaks loose and you discover you still stand in the need of the wisdom of God and the power of God in your life. I don't care how much money you have. And I just looking back now before we go into first uh, Samuel uh, 25, how that all the people that <laughs> made these in made, made investments in, I believe in one of the, um, I think it was one of the cryptocurrencies, how that, they have, some have lost hundreds of millions of dollars. It's their billions have been uh, went down the drain because people bet their money on currency that had no foundation nor substance in it. And that's what we do. When you put your faith in the things of the world, when you base it on your looks, oh, I'll get by because of my charisma. And, you know, I can talk my way out of anything. You know, I can get anything I want. Others believe that, you know, I'm, I've, I've went to this school. I've gotten my degree. I've gotten, I'm in this position now. I call the shots. They come to, everybody comes to me for direction and for, uh, and, and for permission. Or there are even others that go based on what they accomplish. Maybe it's their fame. They're, now they're the elected official. They uh, have their own business now. And all of their efforts, everything they do is based on what I can do. But I want to say this again, right in the center of pride is the letter I. And whenever I is in the center of things that you do, you're headed for a fall. Because pride goes before destruction and the Holy Spirit 
before fall. But humility will exalt you. It will put you in a place so that you will uh, have the, uh, uh, get the wisdom to know. Because God will give you wisdom. He'll put you in a place that people will stand in amazement and say, how did he get there? How did you get? They'll come and say, and girl, we, I remember you. We grew up together. I remember when, you know, my I, we lived next door to each other and, you know, we y'all two of y'all slept in the same bed and, and you know, you had this, uh, you know, y'all had this it's, it's one bedroom apartment with, with a two bedroom apartment with five kids and mom and dad in the house. And yet here you are in this position running several companies and, with, and, 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 and everywhere you go, you are saying, had it not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? It was God that does this. And that's what the Father looking from us is. He will anoint you. He will appoint you if you will give him glory. God has no problem with you having money. The problem comes when money and wealth has you. So let's go now. Let's go. If we're going to first start. I said First Samuel. But let's go back over to our foundation scriptures. And this is in First uh, Peter 5 and 5. It says, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye, all of you, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the pride and give his grace to the humble. I said it before, I'll say it again. Clothe yourself, wrap yourself up in, the, in humility. And then he says, humble yourself under yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you he may lift you that he may shine the light on you that men will see the glory of God in you they will see and wonder how did you get here and you can say and say again it was God that did this that promoted me it's my God who is inside of me it's not me it's the God in me, using me, speaking through me, helping me to perform, to, to say, to do. Because without him, we are nothing. So let's go now to 1 Samuel. The 1 Samuel 25. And again, we're going to read about uh, Abigail and David. We're going to start reading about around the, uh, let's start reading the fifth verse. And it was common in their day that what David was doing was he was providing protection to one of the richest men in the, in the neighborhood for his sheep. Because one, for animals, there were uh, uh, lions and bears and, and foxes. And I don't, know, I don't know if there were wolves in that day, but they were, had animals that would attack and take the sheep and, and kill them. And then there were others who would go and, and, and seek to steal and take away from them. So what David, while he was running from uh, Saul out in the wilderness, they protected this man's herd. They watched them in the night. They stood by them in the daytime. And so nobody came close to Nabal. So that was his name, Nabal, N-A-B-A-L. They protected them free of charge. And David did this because at one point he knew, okay, we provide this service. We believe that one day we'll be able to go to this man in our time of need and say, hey, look, what we, we gave you this thing. We did this. And could you, would you compensate us? In, in, in some way for the things that we've done for you. And we have evidence of it by your own herdsmen's out here. They have knowledge of what we've done. And so this is what's going to happen here in verse number, uh, verse 
First Samuel 25 and 5. And David sent out 10 young men and said, go out to Carmel, go up to Carmel unto Nabal and greet him in my name. He said, tell him you coming in the name of David and say this unto him, peace be to you and peace be to your house and everything that you have in verse six. Verse seven, he says, he said, David said, I heard that you are sure that uh, your sure now and your shepherds, which were with us, we heard not. He said, neither was there anything missing from them in uh, all the while that they were with us in Carmel. And he said, your young men in the eighth verse, verse, they can testify of the things that we've done. And it says now in the ninth verse, Nabal replies to him after he's heard, they hear all, he's heard all the things that David's men have said. Now he says in verse number nine, and when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all the words that David said. And, David, and what did uh, Nabal say in the 10th verse? He said, who is this David? And who is the son of Jesse? There'll be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. He says, shall I take my bread and water and flesh and that which I created, I uh, killed for my shearers and give it to this man? And so as you read this, you get a sense of what Nabal is doing. He's uh, David came to ask for a favor of or payment for his services, and, they, and Nabal came back at him and said, "Wait a minute, who are you? I didn't hire you." And, I, and, I, and not only that, he says, "Who is David? I don't know you, but you know he did know him because what did he say? And who is the son of Jesse? So he knew David, and he knew his mama name. He knew uh, he knew Jesse as well. And see, this character that we've been introduced to." Named Nabal, the Bible calls him in the third verse, it calls him a churlish man. And I looked up that word churlish, and it means a selfish or rude person. Someone who's unyielding. And all of us have, at one point or another, we've had these, we've allowed these tendencies to come out. This spirit. It says churlish means angry and mean-spirited. So that's how David, when you think about the, uh, David's man watching over his sheep in the daytime, in the nighttime, and, and his service, uh, a naval service, you know, when you have protection, you have sleep. You, you can sleep with comfort. You can know that, you know what, bear's not coming in because we've got somebody watching over us. And so David's men were shepherding the shepherds. They were overseeing. And so if, if there was a robber, if there were, uh, if there were people who thought, that, you know what, we're going we're gonna to get some of this. But because they knew that David's men were in the neighborhood, then they didn't. That's the reason they did not come. You see, that's the same thing. David was showing and he was displaying God. He was displaying how the grace and the love of God covers us. God is faithful. He's faithful in everything that he does. And that's the spirit that God had given unto David. And that same spirit had overflowed to his men. They were copycatting. Okay, our, our, our leader does this. He's this kind of man, even though David had opportunities to kill Saul, he didn't do it. Why didn't he do it? Because David had the heart of God. Although uh, uh, Jesus hadn't come yet, he hadn't shed his blood yet. The spirit of God was upon David. And the same spirit that was upon David was upon his followers. And so when they came to this man expecting, they were rejected. So let's go on now. So uh, let's go down to the 13th verse. And David's uh, after they came back, the 12th verse, it said that they, would, they turned away from Nabal. They didn't curse him out. 
They didn't rise up against him. So, oh, okay, that's how you feel about it. We'll go back and tell our, uh, we'll tell our master. We'll go back and tell uh, David what you said. So they go into the 13th verse and we're going to find David, the same man who God has anointed king. Let's see what David has to say. 13th verse says, and David said to his men, gird up every man his sword. In other words, he said, y'all strap it on. We've done all for this man. And you can read this for yourselves. We've protected them. We've helped them. We defended them. And this how he going to treat me. And it says, and he told him to gird on your sword, 13th verse. And David even put on his sword. He didn't just send them. He said, we going and then we going we going we going to show him I'm going to show him who I am because now David has gotten in the flesh he's gotten uh 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 he's 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 now he's upset the fire has been lit the the, the anger has been lit in him because he know this man has done me wrong I served him I protected him and see all of us at one point or another you know somebody has said something has done something has reported something has did something to you or you could be on your job and you perform this thing. How many times per time in many of us, you've done something on the job and somebody go and take credit for what you've done. They'll talk about everything else. And when it comes time for you to get credit, they sign their name on the paper. Or in other words, they take authority for it. It could be your boss. It could be a coworker. It could be somebody that, uh, you know, they just came, just took, they took all the credit and didn't give you anything. And you know, that can, that can sort of get you upset. And this is what happened to David. He's upset now. And we're going to go to the 14th verse. And it's now we're going to see God moving for David. He sees David. What David is doing is not wrong. And that he's going to demand. But what he is wrong is, is that he's allowed his feelings to get involved. He had a right to expect to be paid, to be compensated for what they did. But David didn't ask God. See, when he was attacked physically, remember when uh, uh, the men came? Well, they don't in, in, in Samuel when David was out in the wilderness and he, he and his men were gone. And the Philistine came and the, well, another nation came and they burnt the city down, burnt the houses down, burnt the tents up, took all their goods, took their, uh, took their wives, took their children captive. The Bible said that David cried so until they had no more tears to cry. It one how one um, uh, one one text has it, one version of the scriptures has it. It says that David's men got ready to stone him, but what did David do? He encouraged himself, and then he went to God and said, "Lord, what shall I do?" But we just read in these scriptures here, David wasn't asking God nothing. The anger had captured his heart and he was going to defend his name because this man had the nerve to say, who are you? I don't know you. All right, let's keep going. In the 18th verse, it says, it says now, uh, Abigail, who was the wife of Nabal, made haste. But let me read, let me go back and read just a little bit. Uh, 14th verse. But Nabal's men, young men in 14th verse said, they told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, behold, David sent messages out to the women to salute our master. And he railed on them. In other words, he embarrassed them. In front of the men that they protected, they railed on uh, David's men. And that's what they took back and said, uh, uh, King, 
Uh, David, he wasn't king yet. David, let me tell you what this man that we protected. You know how we could do. I'm just adding my flavor to it. He look what all this work we did. We stayed up all night. We did all in the cold and the heat all this time. We watched over these men and look what the, their master said. He really, he dogged us out. 18th verse said, but this, but God intervened. David didn't know it yet, but David's on the way. It says that Abigail made haste. What did she do? She took uh, 200 loaves of bread, two bottles of wine, five uh, sheep. She dressed them. They were ready to cook. She did all these things because she realized that her husband's mouth had set things into action that he wouldn't, he didn't know, he didn't know that death was coming to him. And that's what the scripture says. It says that out of the mouth of uh, a man, out of the mouth proceeds death and life is in the power of the tongue. That's in Proverbs 18, 21. Get that right. It says in the, in the mouth. In man's words, in the things you say, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And Nabal had set on fire the anger of David. Now we read on down. We're going to skip a little further. And as we go down, and what she said, we're going to go down to the 19th verse. We're talking about uh, Abigail again. It said that she began to give commandments for them. She said, I've got to, I've got to intervene. Uh, that's going to be trouble up in here. She told them to first up, up above. She told them to uh, get this food together. 19th verse, she says, y'all go before me. Behold, I'm coming after you. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal. And see, this is one of the scriptures I've, I've read. And I've, I specifically got it. It's in Proverbs 18, 16. If we just go back up on the 21st verse in Proverbs, it says a man's gift makes room for him and will bring him before great men. Who was David? See, Nabal was dogging him out. He belittled him. Everybody knew that uh, Saul, uh, that Samuel had anointed him king. Although David had not entered there, he was king. Saul was just holding the position until God saw fit to move him out of the way. And David had humbled himself and he did not take it by force. There again, I'll say this again. He had the opportunity to kill him, but he humbled himself and he said, you know what? Either life will take him or, or the sword will take him. He said, but my hand will not touch the Lord's anointed. But now here's this man that has embarrassed him, has low rated him, has belittled him. And now David's angry, but God had that is going to show us and us mercy and the grace through this woman, Abigail. So we read on. Let's go down now to uh, the 24th verse. Same chapter, 24. Let me back up, 23rd, 23rd verse. And it says, when Abigail saw David, she hasted, she ran because she knew David was on the way. He was, had, had, had anger in his eyes. The fire was lit. And it says, she lighted off of her donkey, fell before David's face, and bowed herself to the ground. Now here, this lady was rich. It says, uh, if you read up a little further, that Nabal had like a 3,000 sheep and hundreds of camel and, 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 and what, no matter how many other things he had. He was a wealthy man. 
So if Nabal was rich, Abigail was rich. But here's this rich woman bowing her face in the dirt to a man who will be king. But see, Abigail was anointed. God anointed. He gave her wisdom to know one, the future king has just been embarrassed. Number two, my husband was the one that embarrassed him. And number three, if he comes in and forcibly takes something that belongs to him, this is going to be a black mark on his name. And we read on and it says, 21st verse, it says, let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial. And that's another word for a devil or a or evil man, evil Nabal, for as his as he is, Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. He she said, but I your handmaiden. She said, I didn't see the young man young man come. So if I would have, I would have changed the the course of this story. So let's go on now. Let's go on down a little further, and we see how that she implored David not to do this thing, and we go down to the thirty second verse. And, and, and as she, as David shared that, I'm going to go to the, uh, I always go one verse too far. Let's go 31. She says, and this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of your heart unto my Lord. She said, either that you, you shed not blood causeless or that my Lord avenge himself. See, that's what God didn't want for David. All the while and all these other things, when, when armies had attacked him, when Saul had attacked him, David showed humility. But now he's been personally attacked. He's been attacked with words. And see, this is where our battle is. Your battle is, my battle is in the mind. We are offended. We are, we take, we are we're quick to take offense because what somebody said, what somebody, what you heard, that somebody heard that they said about you. Somebody flip you off or they driving the car. I heard one man of God say, it's almost like you've given them the control. You know the control, the remote control? It's like they just flip your switch. And see, the enemy knew, oh, I couldn't get him with, with Saul. I couldn't get him. I couldn't get him to defend himself. And all these times, but he's going to do it now. Because I'm going to offend him. I'm going to get him personally. I'm going to insult him. And when he insulted him, at this time, when he was hungry, out in the wilderness. And that's what Satan does. He's not going to attack you while you're shouting and dancing in the floor and, 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 and giving God praise and glory. You know, everybody, the spirit's high. That's not when he comes. He comes when you've been in somebody said the wrong thing. They've been talked about your mom and them. When the bank has, 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 uh, has misplaced your check. Your payday, your, your, your payday is not wasn't deposited. And you got things bouncing at the bank. And you expected everything to be flown. And now you, your account is in the red. And you go to the bank and they're so nonchalant. They don't really, uh, as active as though they don't even care. That's when the enemy says, why don't you go and give them a piece of your mind? Why don't you tell them what's up? That ex-wife or that ex-husband? comes and didn't know they owe you alimony and you maybe showing this is the only month you showed on the rent or the uh, on the mortgage and they've insulted you or you could just be in the house 
and you and your spouse have a disagreement about the smallest things. It's not the it's not that little. It's not because he left his clothes in the floor or or she parked the car in the garage and it's not straight so you can't get yours in. It's not that. It's that's that's you just, the normal days you just straighten the car up or you uh pick the clothes up and just throw them in the uh hamper because you know it's just a small thing. But Satan will push, try to push your button. The question is, will you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? Because God's not going to humble you. If God humbles you, it's humiliation. But when you do it, when you submit yourself to God, that's when it's called humility. And what we've been calling this series, love under pressure. That's what humility is. That's what comes out of a believer, a grace-filled believer. No, you may not do it every time, but it's not about the doing. It's about us receiving. It's about when we see ourselves going over the edge, it's the Father, help me. I feel my temperature rising, Lord, help me. I declare, I speak grace, grace is this situation. You got to speak it. You got to speak the word over yourself. Speak the word over your situation. The Lord, last time I met my ex and we had the discussion about the children, it didn't go well. I need you. Help me, Lord. From the smallest situation to the largest. See, when the, you know, when you're going to the court and you need your the son needs your prayer, your daughter needs your prayer. Oh, we pray then. But just going to pick your, get your child from your ex's house or whatever the case may be, and then, then you know, then words are spoken. See, we don't we didn't pray this time. Because we thought, ah, oh, you know, just going good. Everything's been going good. But when we submit ourselves to the Lord. Not only do I want things to go right for my children, bless them too. Yeah, they're a fault for why we are not together today. But I'm going to humble myself and pray for, their, pray for their health. I pray for them, Lord. You may not feel like it. God didn't say we will feel like being humble. I know I don't feel like being humble all the time. But I know humility is in me because Jesus is in me. Not because of me. But because he's in me. Jesus is in you. So love is in you. Peace is in you. Joy is in you. It's not because you feel it. It's there. It's resident in you because the Holy Spirit's in you. That's why you can walk in humility. That's why you can walk in love. That's why you can walk in faith. Because we have to access. As Romans, as Paul says in Romans 5. We have access to, to this grace. Where in which we stand. We stand in grace. Because of Jesus in us. And if you read the rest of this story, you'll read how that David goes on. And I think this is going on the 32nd verse. It says, David says to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee to me, to meet me rather. And blessed be your advice, which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood. And from avenging myself with my own hand. David showed humility. Because wisdom was spoken to him. When the wise man is corrected. He will exceed that wisdom and become wiser. But let's not be like the fool that rejects it. Rejects it. Receive God's wisdom. No matter who it comes from. God always seeks to put grace in front of us. It's up to us to receive it 
and put it into action. Put it into action. I pray these words have been a blessing to you today. We came to you in short, but I just want to just pray now. Father, we thank you for this, this message today. We thank you, Lord God. For we believe that you desire to exalt us in this time, in this hour. No matter what the enemy may bring up, no matter what may be confront us, Lord, we believe that you've given us power to show humility. That the humility that's in us, Lord, comes out by faith. We pray, Lord, that in all things that we show you, we show your love. For we believe, O oh Lord God, and know we are the Jesus that people see today. Shine in us, Lord. Shine through us. Shine through us with your wisdom. Shine through us with our acts of grace. Shine through us, O oh Lord, that we may show the love and humility as you bring us and take us higher and higher and higher. We pray for marriages today, Lord, that you will strengthen them. That husband, that wife, O oh Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, that your grace, we speak grace, grace to marriages. For those who've been married for 30 days or those who've been married for 30 years, we pray, Lord, grace, grace to those marriages that we and they may show a light to the world that with Christ we can do all things. We pray for our single people, Lord, those who are standing not only for marriage, but those that are happy to be single. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen them and let them know that there is no, singleness is not evil, but that you are with them. In their private time, let them know, Lord God, you're here to strengthen them in every, in every avenue, in every problem, every issue. You are there. You're not coming. You are there. And we pray in Jesus' name that all is well. And for those, Lord, who are not saved, we pray they repeat after me. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross for me. He took my sin. And gave me his grace. He took death. That I could have life. Have life. He died for me. And rose again on the third day. And now Lord. As I receive him as Lord and Savior. I receive him as my king. And I thank you by faith. That I am now a part of the family of God. I pray Lord you will fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me to a Bible believing church that I may grow in my relationship with you. I pray these things in Jesus' name until we meet again on Journeys in Grace. Amen.